Is taking four times to win and then having Jeff Probst and the producers pretty much rig it so you can win <laughs> an impressive win. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Escaping Reality, the podcast where four beautiful, sexy people watch a reality competition show and deep dive into our thoughts. If you are new to us, we are in the middle of deep diving into all 40 seasons of Survivor. Today we are tackling season 22, Redemption Island. If you are new to us, make sure you go back and listen to the first 21 episodes because they're litty, litty titty. Um, And also everyone listening, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us because you know what? We're pretty damn great and we deserve the credibility. Oh, now. I feel like I just took a shot of espresso and I swear I did not. I swear I'm actually very tired, but you know what? Here we are, season 22. Kind of like me, a tired season. That was supposed to get laughs and nobody's laughing at me. Come on, y'all. I, I was just on mute, but I laughed. <laughs> thank, I was like, that was funny. It was really funny. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, season 22, Redemption Island. We are still in Nicaragua. Um, from season 21. Yeah, that's just what happened, guys. But before we deep dive more into this season, let's go around and share our quick one-minute thoughts on this season. I'll jump in and kick us off. As you can kind of tell, it was an okay season for me. There was parts of it that I really liked and I found interesting, especially within the first five episodes. It really, it hooked me in. I was texting the four of us and just being like, y'all, I like this season. I am interested in it. I like watching it. But then as it went on, it just became very predictable, very boring. You knew what was going to happen before it actually happened. And I don't know if that comes from me knowing just that Boston Rob is a winner at some point. And I was just like watching it like, well, he has to win this one. There's no way anybody else can win this. And so I was just watching it knowing that he's going to win or if it was just an actual boring season. We had the twist of Redemption Island, which we're going to dive in more, but even like the twist seemed kind of pointless and boring to watch. I don't know. Uh, what are your all thoughts, Stacy? Yeah, I mean, I liked this season, but... I, yeah, I mean, I think the Redemption Island was probably the biggest, like, you know, change from this season. And it was interesting. Um, we got a lot of talk from uh, Matt. I think his name was, or Mike. Yeah. <laughs> they were both. <laughs> the one who spent so much time on Redemption Island. We just got, it was like his own little mini series on that <laughs> island. So that was, you know, interesting. Um, and there were some interesting characters. And then, of course, having Russell and Rob back definitely added a cool element. So I liked it. I think the idols, too, I, there were tons of idol clues. Um, and I always think it's cool to see where they had the clues and then who finds them. So I thought it was pretty good overall. Aggie, what about you? I feel like I'm in the minority, but I kind of liked it. Not like would put in my top 10 potentially seasons. It's definitely in the bottom half. But for me, I kind of liked getting to see Rob be successful. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about later, like how at some point it just turned into like Rob fully running the show. But I liked watching Rob actually be successful and like basically employ Russell's strategy correctly to the point where you could win, even though you brought two people with you that like definitely shouldn't like 
you shouldn't lose to them. But instead of in Rob's case, he actually didn't lose to them. And in Russell's place, he always lost to that person. I don't know. I liked it. Um, I didn't love Redemption Island. I felt like it went on for too long. I felt like it took away from like the parts of the season that you enjoy is like watching rewards. And we had a two minute cake eating contest and a one meal dropped off at camp for the most part. And then it was like survival rewards that you won with the immunity challenge. Like you just, it felt like a little bit less interesting to watch because like they were so heavy on Redemption Island Arena that you were like, oh, we're not getting a reward challenge in a single episode. It's always combined. But I liked the challenges. I felt like this is clear. It was similar to Guatemala in terms of like how difficult the environment was to live in. This season, I felt like Rob barely made it through that one challenge. I thought he was going to die right there and then. Um, and so, <laughs> Anna, do you not remember that part? <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at the way you said he was going to die right there and then. <laughs> just the way you said it. TBH, I was concerned about him. I was like, Rob might not make it. Like, maybe this isn't the season he wins because he has to be medivaced at the challenge. But overall, I, it's just like medium. It was medium. I think they tried to throw a lot at one season. I would have enjoyed No Redemption Island and just bringing Russell and Rob back. And I think it would have been more, like, enjoyable to watch Russell go home if he had just been voted out and didn't even have a chance to come back. TBH, but. Anna, what about you? Um, I feel like I agree a lot with, the things that Aggie was saying, it seems like we had a very similar watching experience. Um, I didn't hate it, but there was nothing about it that I really loved. So like for that reason, it's not on the bottom of my list, but it's definitely like near the bottom just because if you were to come back to me like two weeks from now and be like, what did you love about Redemption Island? I don't know that I would have anything to say other than like (laughs) Rob finally won. But like other than the fact that he finally won, which I wouldn't even really attribute to being something good about the season, like because it wasn't really what happened because he ran circles around everyone else. Yeah. Um, I liked the Redemption Island concept. I didn't love the execution. Same as Aggie was just saying, like we spent a lot of time there, like a lot of time. Um, I remember watching one of the challenges at some point and literally thinking to myself, this challenge is going on for too long. Like let's cut it shorter. Let's like fix this in editing because it was just it was such a time suck and I get that it was important to like the overall twist to show it but I feel like we could have tightened it up a little bit and just spent spent our time more wisely on Redemption Island. I liked seeing Rob and Russell come back but it didn't really make any sense to me as to why they came back. I wanted them to play up more of the fact of like the theme this season is redemption. These are two people that like need to redeem themselves Um, I think it might have been mentioned like once in the first episode of like two people that need redemption, these guys. And then like it wasn't played up. So at that point it was like, okay, why are Rob and Russell here? Russell got kicked off because everybody hates him. And then Rob was like, he's too good of a player to put with a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing. And so after a couple episodes, you were like, all right, they're not going to vote him off. Great. He's going to win. So it was like not super fun to watch because you were like, he's just so much better than everybody else. I thought at some point they would talk to each other and figure out what Rob was doing. No, they were dumb. It was, uh, we're going to get into all of that, but let's start off quickly with just the basics, you know? So we had our group of castaways and uh, separated into two tribes. We had the Ometepe tribe, which is made up of Francesca, Matt, Christina, Andrea, Grant, Ashley, Natalie, Philip, and of course, like Anna said, Boston Rob, who came back. And then we have the Zapatera tribe, who is made up of Steve, Ralph, Julie, David, Mike, Sarita, Stephanie, 
Krista and Russell who came back. We were dropped off in Nicaragua. It was the same location as season 21. And to be honest, you can tell it was the same location as season 21. Not only do I think that they're on the same exact beach, but like the challenges were already built and were very similar that they were like, let's just change the color around. The people will never know. And maybe we wouldn't have known if we hadn't have watched season 21 and season 22 back to back, like within a day of each other. But I was just like watching, I was like, they just didn't take this down. Production was just like, <laughs> we'll leave this up. It's fine. Like one of those pools definitely still had Fabio's pee in it. Oh. <laughs> just like, you know what? We'll leave it up. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. There's something so different though of being like, okay, we came back to the same beach and like, we're doing some of the same challenges, but we didn't have to build like a pool. Like if the challenge had just been like, if they were on a beach and they were like, we're doing a similar challenge, like in the ocean and it's the same ocean and the same beach. Something about that is like so much more okay than just being like, we built this. It's still here. We're going to use it again. Some other ridiculous things like that maze at the end, you're like, Jesus, what the hell? Or they changed like one aspect of it. They were like, we're going to use the same tools, but then at the end, you're going to do something vaguely different. So it doesn't seem mm-hmm. exactly the same. It was an interesting yeah. choice. It, it, some might say strong and wrong, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> like I get it from a, from a production economic point. Of view. It. Like it makes sense as a necessity, but like, come on. I think, I think the one that just really got me and Nick was when we were doing the running through the brick wall as part of the obstacles. Again, we were like, this is clearly the same thing. Clearly the same exact (laughs) challenge, but they changed the colors from yellow and red to orange and purple. And I was like, different. Okay. Same same with the spitting water. Like, that was the same thing. That was legit the same challenge. No, except it was a table maze instead of. Yeah. It sounds like they just wanted to save money. <laughs> Maybe it was just, they're like, Rob and Russell are enough. We don't need to be creative. <laughs> they, truly, the production has made notes about this season. And they're like, yeah, we stayed in Nicaragua. It was economically safe. And I was like, okay. Oh, but was this during like a financial crisis or something? Because what's her face? <laughs> I can't remember her name. But she said, like, she was on Survivor because, like a lot of people, her house was for her house was foreclosed or something. So I was uh, like, was yeah. during the like, it was right after the economic like, yeah, recession. Like recession. Right. That's the word. I was gonna say depression. I was like, well, it wasn't the Great Depression, but it was something. <laughs> I <laughs> so, love. Yeah. Um, all right. In this season, we had a couple twists. Um, the biggest of the twists being Redemption Island. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that's weird because that was the title of this entire season. Get on top of it, (laughs) y'all. But what it was, was instead of getting voted off, you would get sent to Redemption Island where you would compete in a duel to at one point get back into the game. This happened at the beginning whenever there was two people there and then it slowly turned into whenever there was three people there. And then the last one was just all four people who were left there competed in one challenge to get back into the game. Now, not only did they let somebody back in once, they did it twice. Once right at the merge, and that was Maddie who returned, and then one right at final five to bring in the final fifth person, who was Andrea. 
what did we, let's just start off with Redemption Island. What did we like about it? What didn't we like about it? What worked? What needs to change about Redemption Island to make it work? Because when I was watching this, I brought it up to Aggie in the sense of Exile Island, where the first season we see Exile Island, it didn't work, but it had potential. And we saw it grow and we saw it change. And we saw that it became something that was much more interesting to watch and an actual twist in the game. And I feel like that's kind of what happened here with Redemption Island, because spoiler alert, like we see Redemption Island, we see like Edge of Extinction, we see things like this come up again. So this isn't the last time we'll see a Redemption Island aspect of the game. Stacey, what are your overall thoughts? I mean, I like that they tried something different. I'm sure if you're a player and you know that you have a second chance, that's probably very exciting. And yeah, it's hard to like talk about it because I have seen like the other kind of iterations of similar things. But I just kept wondering like if uh, Maddie does get back in and like wins, is that even really fair? Like it wasn't really with the tribes for most of the game so I guess I don't know I just like it's just it's not traditional survivor of what we've seen so far but I think there are some benefits to it and I think that was the general like consensus from a lot of critics of this season Mm because a lot of people hated this season it is like regarded as one of the top three worst seasons of survivor and a lot of the critics had said like redemption island was kind of stupid and it took away the like sting of getting voted out it was travel council wasn't that serious because it's like well yeah you're voted out but you can still get back into the game because you just have to win a duel aggie what are your thoughts on it i really didn't like it (laughs) Uh, i have a lot of thoughts but one i think the idea that someone can get back into the game but doesn't ha- immediately have immunity, like you did in Pearl Islands for the Outcast, mm-hmm. I think is unfair. I think the fact that Andrea and Matt, like Matt got voted out immediately, Andrea got voted out immediately because they had had an opportunity to make friends with the people on the other tribes, like whoever they were in duels with, those people were now on the jury. Like it made sense that they immediately got voted out again. I totally understand why they did, but like that in in itself made Redemption Island worthless because it was like, they don't have a chance to get back in the game. They straight up don't, unless like someone was a absolute like shoe in to come back in the game and you chose to send them to be like, if Robin Grant had been like, Grant, I'm going to send you so you can win and come back. No one would want to do that. I think no one would willingly agree to that. But if it had been like that and then he had been able to come back and keep his alliance with Rob because it's like, I was a sacrificial lamb and now we're back together. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, they immediately were voted off again, which I was like, okay, so that did nothing. And then Matt, poor Matt just went straight back to Redemption Island. And I was like, Jesus. Um, I will say, I think, I don't necessarily agree that it took away the sting of tribal council. I think if Rob hadn't been playing, I think tribal council would have been more interesting. But Rob was like, the Omotepe tribe's in charge. And that's how we're voting. Um, So I think for that reason, like, there could have potentially been more interesting tribals, even with the idea of getting voted out, still not being an immediate opportunity for you to be out of the game. I don't know. We did spend a lot of time there. I think that was my biggest thing. I felt like half the show was Matt telling me he loved Jesus and how grateful he is that God got him through the duels. And I was like, I have no problem with you believing that I have no problem with you being a Christian I just felt like it wasn't related to what was going on in the rest of the show 
we have spent so much time with Matt and maybe they cast him in a, an attempt to like get people to like latch onto this kid. And then he just voted out. So they were like, but he's good TV. It I don't was, know. It kind of reminded me. And like, I always go back to this idea that we had in Palau of like, you spend so much time with these people that the editors know aren't going to win or aren't going to even be an option to win. So why are you giving us so much screen time of them? Like, Matt, I wanted him to win. I wanted him to get back in. And then Andrea does. And I'm like, well, you spent like the past five episodes showing me 20 minute clips of this Jesus loving little Southern boy talking about how bad he wants to play this game and how bad he wants to get back into it. But it's nothing happens about it. And it's it, like, it, it seemed like he must be going to the final three, the way they kept showing him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you felt like he was getting almost a winner's edit or a redemption edit. Yeah, like, yeah. And then he lost. And, the, and it's like, why did you, editors, you know he loses. Don't waste your time showing him to me. God, we watched so much of Matt. We watched so much. Anna, what we about you? Jump in, jump in. This is my overall thought with Redemption Island. It's exactly what you're saying. Like, you have to find the balance of how much of it to show. And I feel like we didn't find it. And I think we got lucky in that Matt kept winning. So it wasn't like, it wasn't a botched twist in that like, oh, the person who was most recently voted out just like then ended up being the person who stayed. Like someone gets voted out, goes to Redemption Island, wins the duel, next person comes, same thing. Like we had a fun storyline with Matt of like he was winning over people that had not been in isolation. So like, that was cool. That was fun to see him sort of champion that way. But I forget which one of you said it, but like the fact that we spent a lot of time with him and like his quote unquote Redemption Island isolation storyline for him to then like get back into the game, get immediately voted off and then like not also get back into the game again and have his like singular journey have no bearing on the overall story or the outcome was like, okay, why? Why did we do that? It didn't go anywhere. It didn't mean anything. And I just think like, like you said, Nick, it's sort of shame on the editing to be like, we spent so much time on that. And then like, he didn't win or even make it back into the game a second time. Mm-hmm. It was similar it, when Stephanie became a tribe of one. Yeah, I disagree though, because at least that was like, that had an effect on the rest of the game. Like Stephanie rejoined the tribe and like they played up that storyline. With Matt, it was like, he's back in, he's out, and then he's not back in. Like it didn't necessarily, at least in my opinion, it didn't have the same effect on the rest of the people in the game and what they were doing and their choices. I I agree and I disagree. I think with Stephanie, we had a good 20 minutes of her being alone for her to then someone to bow out someone to take their self, themselves out of the game. Like one of them to be like, don't vote for Stephanie, vote for me. Another one to like basically quit and then her to get voted out. You know what I mean? Like, But I think with Stephanie, that was still a very novel thing to see her, yeah, like yeah. her whole tribe dwindled. It wasn't like someone voted her off and then she was in isolation. It wasn't like she was sent to Exile Island. Like her whole tribe was voted off and she was left as the only one. And we had never seen that before. And so that was more of a big deal to be like let's show this let's show what's happening to her as a tribe of one versus like this is a new thing we've added and this person's alone yeah, yeah i just are. have shown like i never needed a confessional from someone once they were at redemption island <laughs> like i just unless I, it was gonna play a part yeah, back yeah, unless we were going to see them come back and we were going to see more happen with them Mm-hmm. And like, truly, I thought that's what was happening with Maddie. And I'm like, oh, this kid is going to come back at some point. And like, 
if he did come back and he would have made it to the final three, Maddie would have won 100%. Not a doubt in my mind. I think Maddie would have won over Rob. I think that's why Rob immediately voted him out again. He knew that. (laughs) I do want to say one other thing about Redemption Island though, is I, I liked it conceptually as like kind of going along with the same point of having the jury of like, when you vote people out of the game, you have to think about it in terms of like, this could come back and be bad for you. And so I liked that it was something kind of in line with that. Um, but at the same time, it also felt really anticlimactic. Like you have tribal council, someone gets blindsided and they leave, but like, <laughs> then we see them in the next episode. Yeah. Like, I didn't love that. Let's get into some of the other, I don't even know if we can call them twists, but just different things that happened this season. I found this in the Survivor Wiki in the trivia and I thought it was interesting, but this was only the second time that when the tribe merged, they went to a completely different campsite and had to rebuild everything. The first time was in season six, Amazon, but this was the newer version of that. They just had to go and rebuild, which I thought was interesting. I would be pissed, to be honest, if I had to rebuild everything halfway through the game. No, ma'am, I'm lazy. (laughs) Um, Another twist we had was they got this secret box that they had to bring to one of the tribal councils and the twist would be revealed at tribal council what could it be except (laughs) everyone knew what it could be because they all guessed it at camp and they all said well we probably had to vote somebody else out so we'll just vote him out first and then him out second and that's what they did yay what do we think? Do, do we have any thoughts on these two things? I, I no. think the only no. thing they tried to do was let <laughs> they just basically had another immunity challenge to make that more interesting, but it was like, it, it would have been an interesting twist if had they Steve planned it from the won, beginning yeah. if Steve had won immunity. Yeah, that's true. But it wasn't. Or it could have been interesting if Ometepe had somehow cracked or if there were less Ometepe and some Zapatera there. Like, it could have been interesting. You yeah. could have, like, forced a tie. And, like, there. We just didn't do any of that because Ometepe was in charge at that point. It just felt tired. Like it felt like we've done it before. Like (laughs) double vote, twist, like, ooh, who's going to see that coming? Everyone. (laughs) And even like merging to a new camp and having to rebuild, it's like, okay, yeah, like you already did all the work, but also you have Boston Rob who's like, (laughs) they gave him a hammer and nails. So like, you're fine. Like he literally does construction in real life. It's almost like they had them merge to a new camp just so that we could watch Rob build another shelter. <laughs> I mean, I'm not Seriously. complaining. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Along with these twists, we also had two absences from this season. And one of them was separate reward challenges. We just didn't get those at all in this season. They were always combined with immunity and the rewards were stupid. Like there was just like non-existent pretty much. The first tribal ones were the first (laughs) tribal ones were like the basic like here's your tarp here's fishing supplies here's the basic survivor ones and then the other ones were like eat this cake in two minutes which is (laughs) stupid let them sit down and like enjoy a cake my god and then the other one's like you can order food from survivor room service and it's like it's just but like you're still at your shit camp sorry you're still eating on the dirty ground at your camp in front of your tribe members and then also i don't know if any of y'all noticed this but we didn't have fallen comrades happen this season thank I'm god you know why i'm in the minority i hate I it. it i like a fallen comrades moment here's here's why we didn't have it this is my team 
I don't know if this is confirmed, but sometimes you have fallen comrades and you're watching and you're like, oh, I don't remember some of these people. This isn't fun to watch. Um, and this was a season where we straight up just never got confessionals from some people. Like certain people never had airtime. We didn't yeah. have um, opening credits where it had everybody's name in their face. Um, so I didn't know who half the people were. So I'm sure they got to fallen comrades and they were like, you know what? We didn't really prepare our audience to know who these people are let's just skip it because they're gonna skip it we only i said to nick on like episode six i was like i'm so sorry we only ever hear from matt and rob no yeah. one else talks in a confessional grant talked like three times i was like grant you have your own voice natalie and ashley got a few confessionals in the last three episodes because it was like do we get rid of rob spoiler alert no <laughs> it was just it was because of that it was very clear who was going to win the entire season like from episode two you were like all right rob's winning all right cool lit we're here i just have to say i usually fast forward through fallen comrades so i was fine with that <laughs> and i hope we never see it again <laughs> i like fallen comrades i'm here for it i like hearing what people have to say i don't know i like, I like it but only if i know who the people are yeah it, it's like, like heroes versus villains great love that know yeah. all these people it's like the reality tv part of survivor and i like reality tv <laughs> uh with that though we did have two returning players and this is the first time we had returning players to a quote-unquote regular season of survivor and by that, I just mean like one that wasn't like fans versus favorites, all stars, like heroes versus villains. It was just a regular, like everyone was new people except for these two. And this is the first time we saw returning players come besides Guatemala when Steph and Bobby John came back. And I think from here on out, that just becomes very like often we see that. I know um, from watching the reunion next season in South Pacific, we get two surprise returning castaways come back. So I just feel like it now we're getting into that mode of Survivor realizing, hey, we can get good ratings if we bring back people that everyone already loves. The reason why Russell and Boss and Rob were the ones to come back was because of what was said at Heroes versus Villains reunion when Boss and Rob challenged Russell to a rematch of like going into the game together. And so it was supposed to be like this Boston Rob versus Russell game. Mm -hmm. And I think that would have been, in my personal opinion, and you guys uh, can jump in. I know Anna has some thoughts <laughs> coming from her facial expressions, but I think that would have been edited more heavily or we would have seen that marketed more if Russell would have lasted. But I think their idea of doing this and their wanting to do this was kind of, demolished because Russell just went away so soon it was like episode three that he went out and it was like okay so you wanted to have this rematch and it never came to fruition because they got rid of one of the people so ma, what do you do now <laughs> Anna you, what are your thoughts so, on your facial features my thoughts and like please correct me if I'm wrong but my understanding is that by the time we get to the live reunion for like the prior season like we've already filmed and obviously we had a season in between of heroes versus villains reunion and then this season so like I do think that the timeline would line up where like something that was said at the reunion about them wanting to have a rematch would allow enough time to be like okay we'll throw them in the next season I think so that like checks out 
but if they went into it, like marketing it to be that, why did we not get any of that from the season? Like not just in the way that it played out, but in the way that it started and the way that it was that production set it up from the get-go. Like I get that you have to put them on separate tribes because they're the only two returning players. Like it just seems like they did nothing to help perpetuate the way that they had marketed the season as like Rob versus Russell for redemption. So my thought would be that they probably tried to get them because Jeff asks a lot of questions of Rob and Russell of like, well, what do you think about that? Blah, blah, blah. And like Philip would jump in and it's like, bitch, we're not talking to you. We're not talking to you. I'm talking to Rob and Russell. Like truly Jeff is like, I'm only addressing Russell Hansen, Rob Mariano. And like Philip would jump in or someone else would have something to say. And it's like, no, no, it's not your time, baby. And then on top of that, Rob didn't decide to have like full Zapatera hate until like episode five, because for Rob, it wasn't beating Russell. It was beating everyone. He was like, he was, Oma he was like, Oma Tepe will reign supreme. That is the narrative here. Not that Rob will beat Russell. It's like, I will win at any cost. I've been here too many times. I've spent too many days alone, like with my thoughts, playing the game for everyone around me. Uh, just let me have this. And um, I think in that regards, I think, I think there just wasn't a narrative there because like even Jeff tried to push it. Like, well, Rob, what do you think about what Russell just said? And Rob's like, I don't care, I'm here to play. <laughs> <laughs> or like it was also too like they did you can see like they tr the editors tried to do it in like the first three episodes because i like, get all the challenges they were like zooming on russell's face and then zooming on rob's face and they would be looking at each other and you're like ooh, ooh animosity or russell would be looking at rob and rob would be looking at jeff right but it's and then it was also it was crushed because russell went home episode three my favorite part of this season like honestly. he was just gone <laughs> and you're just like i'm sure the producers and the editors were sitting there like fuck <laughs> Because, like, the whole, literally, like, if because even if you watch the beginning of the final episode, they're talking, they're like, this started off with a rivalry. <laughs> Russell versus Boston Rob. One would reign supreme. And I was like, <laughs> it was Boston Rob, episode three. Then they didn't even have to go head to head at any point. This rivalry you're trying to push onto us didn't come and didn't exist mm -hmm. this season. I don't know. Stacey, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I mean, I think it would have been nice for Russell to stay. Like, if they had both gone to the merge, that would have been pretty interesting to see what that happened. Would have been better. I think yeah. that's what they thought would happen. Yeah. They absolutely thought Boston, Rob, and Russell will be at the merge. So, yeah. But Russell's, yeah. Russell's tribe was smart, and Rob's <laughs> wasn't the best <laughs> at playing the game. And, and then, ironically, that was the downfall. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that brings me into my next thing that I wanted to bring up because I was talking to Aggie about this. Boston Rob played the same exact strategy as Russell did in Samoa and Heroes versus Villains. He dominated his tribe. He blindsided multiple people. He told everybody that he was in an alliance with them and that he would take them to the final three. And he brought the two most useless people to the final three. But then the difference is Rob won where Russell did this and Russell lost twice. So I'm I'm just curious what we all think, like our thoughts of like, how does Boston Rob get away with this? And why didn't Russell? Because if you look at it, it's the same strategy. 
I think Rob is much better. Like he has better social skills. <laughs> he is much more personable. I mean, from day one, he could tell he was like, these are a bunch of suckers and I'm going to get a million dollars this time. But he still was like nice to them when he got idols. He wasn't like, I just feel like Russell tends to throw it in people's faces and be so outspoken about how well he's doing. But Rob tried to kind of, he wasn't under the radar, but he just tried to be more like go with the flow. I mean, in some of those first episodes, almost everyone in the tribe is just going with him, walking around like in awe of him. And it's just like, why are you in awe of him? Like, you're not watching him play. You are playing against him. That's so, yeah. Like, Russell's yeah. past caused his tribe to throw a challenge to vote him out. Where yeah. Rob's past caused a tribe to follow him yeah. and do whatever he says and not think for themselves. So it's like, why did Russell, like, why does Boston Rob get this pass, pretty much? I think, cause I think it's the difference of, like... <laughs> I think Russell is like chaotic evil and Boston Rob is like lawful evil or maybe just like chaotic good. Yeah. And like, I think that's the slight difference. Russell is not. Like, it could be it too. Look, he attracted to Boston Rob. Like, he has like a charming smile. He has a really lovely energy about him. And like, I find Boston Rob attractive to this day. I'll go on record. Boston Rob, if you're listening, I want to be part of your family. I don't want to date you. I just want to be part of your family, but I can recognize you are an attractive man. Um, but regardless, like he's just personable and Russell's ugly. He had a stupid new tattoo and he had his fucking fedora. And I was like, I'm not attracted to you. I don't even want to be near you, let alone play a game with you. I'm being superficial, yeah. but find the No, line. but I think you're right. Especially like the way that that translates into how they were able to manipulate people. Like Rob can be charming and persuasive and subtle where like no one's going to buy that from Russell. So he has to take a different tactic. And his different tactic alienates people and Bob, Bob's. Um, Boston, Boston Bob. Like, at the end of the day, people are like, you know what? Like other than Grant, who still voted to give him the money, by the way. Well, cause he didn't start to hate Rob until the show started airing. Well, hmm. I also think they did give Rob a little bit of a mean edit towards Grant because there were pockets where they talked about how him and Grant were really close. But like they overtook in times where Bob Bob, I keep doing this, where Boston Rob had to, like, basically be like, I have to play the game for everyone at the same time. Like, no one's playing, so I'm gonna have to play for everyone and be the dirt, like, do the dirty work on the back end. Lawful evil. Yeah, yeah, I think lawful evil is a good description of him. Chaotic, he's not chaotic, except when he's looking yeah. for an idol. Except when he's looking for an idol. Chaotic. Otherwise, he's lawful evil, for sure. Speaking of being lawful, let's, let's talk about Boston Rob's division of his tribe versus the other tribe at the merge because oh my god this is my thing with this season was it brilliant gameplay yes was it boring to watch yes but like watching it I'm like it's 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 so smart like Boston Rob is being so smart and he's playing such a strong game that I'm like applauding him but his strong game is not interesting television mm -hmm. it's boring television it's boring when he's playing against normies that's the thing he just had so much control and it's so if in case you are wondering what we're talking about the division of the tribes at the merge was orchestrated by boston rob simply so he could have control over his entire tribe and nobody 
would go against him or no one had the opportunity to go against him. He created separate levels in shelters where his tribe would sleep up top and the other tribe would sleep in the bottom towards the ground. They had separate food pots holding their rice, which we will get into the rice debate and those things um, in a second. Um, they had separate eating times. They were not allowed to talk to each other or mingle. Rob even said like, if I see one of my tribe members talking to them, they're the first ones to go. And it's like, oh my God, he created a buddy system where the people had buddies and they had to walk around with that person so that another, so that a member of the Zapatera tribe wouldn't try and talk to them or try and get one person to go with them. And the crazier thing was that these idiots went along with him. It was, oh my God, I had so many feelings watching it. Cause I was just like, as I was watching it, I knew in my mind and I knew by reading reviews that this season was panned as one of the worst. And I, I didn't understand that in the beginning cause I really liked the beginning of this season. And then we got to the merge and this started to happen. And I was like, oh, this is why, because these people are dumb and Boston Rob is a dictator and has control over it. Which again, love the gameplay, respect his gameplay but it is not interesting television. Aggie, what are, what are your thoughts on this whole like weird tribe division at the merge? You're not gonna find me saying a bad word against Rob Mariano, but like, <laughs> here we are. I think for me, I did think it was a little bit weird that they had separate shelters and separate eating times and like all this stuff. I mean, it definitely worked in Rob's favor um, because I think they multiple people described it as a cult and that's exactly what it was. like no one questioned what they were doing. Like no one questioned anything about it, even though it didn't make sense. Like you're living as one, like maybe just share food. Like the Zapatera tribe was like feasting on rice and spices. Like they kept their rewards, their tribe rewards separate. Like they didn't all have a tarp. Like <laughs> you should all have access to the tarp. That seems dumb. Like it just felt weird, but I think it was in service of Boston Rob keeping control of his six, right? Like mm -hmm. he was like, I need the Ometepe people to be together until the Ometepe people are done. And then, or until the Zapatera tribe is done. And then I can worry about Ometepe like potentially going against me. And so for that reason, I think it was smart. I just thought it was wild. But I also think in the same vein, none of the Zapatera people tried to just be friends with them. Like mm -hmm. Rob was like, he would jump up down their throat. Like, okay, is it me next? And they were like, why don't you just talk to us like normal human beings? And he was like, no, it's a game. And I was like, I actually think you would have been more successful if you talked to them like I, human beings. I, I don't think disagree. you would I don't think you would have, I don't think you would have necessarily broken Ometepe, but you might have been able to try and persuade a few of them if they saw you as a human being. But then they all just were like, and Rob had created a situation where they just went at each other's throats. Like it was smart he was like i want everyone on omatebe to hate everyone on zapatera like yeah. fully hate and i was like that seems dumb in terms of like interesting television like you're living together like i just thought it was a little aggressive but like it worked in favor of his strategy but no one else thought outside of that and the zapatera people were like you know what like if you y'all are gonna be dumb like y'all are just dumb at this point they had no opportunity and like julie brought that up at a tribal council she was like we don't we can't play the game we're not allowed to play the game and like i mean like i agree like they weren't allowed to they couldn't play the game it was boring it was boring it was boring tv 
Yeah, I just, I mean, I know, the, I think the first time Rob played, he said he's a psychology major. And I feel like he did some very extensive research on how to, <laughs> like, manipulate these people. Because this is like, it reminds me of the Stanford prison experiment, basically. Oh my God. Like, where you just tell some people they're in charge and they just are in charge. And like, you're all in the same place, but you just decide you're the guard or you're the prisoner. I feel like he just did that and they just went along with it. The, the scene where some of them were eating fish and he just like, he was like, oh no, it's rotten. Like, we don't want it. You're starving. You're on an island. And you're not, and like Grant like goes over to taste the fish and Rob is like, Grant. And I was just like, what? Grant, why don't you come over here? We have rice. And it's like, oh my God. It was, it was wild. Like, I just, I can't believe that he had this much power over them. And yeah, the buddy system was interesting too. I don't know. I just, and yeah, to me, the rice, and I know we'll talk more about the rice, but you're in merge. Like, it's not still divided. It's like everything is everyone's. I just can't believe how separate they still were so I mean, we'll get into the actual yeah. rice debate but i will say i am on team steve for that rice decision because <laughs> aggie was sitting here now he was like that's being petty and i was like hell yeah it is and i'm here for it you're making me sleep in the dirt you're not letting me talk to your people you don't wanna you're not gonna eat my fish then fuck you you don't get to eat my rice enjoy your maggot infested moldy rice bye that is me p e to the t t y I'm petty all the time, bitch. That is me. I'm stressed. <laughs> Nick, I lost the plot a little bit. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. What were what are just like your thoughts about like the division of the tribes at the merge? Oh, um, I'm just like I understand where Rob was coming from strategically. I'm just so surprised that it worked and that no one um was willing to like flip to the other side or try to turn things around on him when he was being so um dictatorial over them um and I think it was probably like out of fear but also respect like he's the Rob father like that is the role that he was playing and like he did it he succeeded he had that mix of like loyalty but also fear that one needs to lead a tribe of people in the wilderness <laughs> but I was just surprised that at no point was anyone like oh we can turn it around on Rob and I know that Jeff asked um the women that in the reunion and they were like well we knew we had an idol so we didn't and like it just never came up aside from that but again that's what happens when you put boston rob in the same game as a bunch of normies like they're not going to go against him because they can't and they know they can't so they're not going to try uh, and let's jump right into this conversation of because it's continuing in this division of the tribes where it was episode 10 poorly titled rice wars but where it was the Omatepe, because we're merged at this point, but we're still calling it Omatepe versus Zapatera because they were not a one tribe. The Omatepe realizes that their rice has been molded and maggots are inside of it. And so they dump it all out, clean it all out, and they want to put their rice, mix it in with the Zapatera's rice. And Steve is pretty much like, no, you don't get to do that. You kept us separate. We're keeping our food separate we don't want to. And it mm -hmm. turned into this huge blowout between Philip and Steve. And trigger warning, this does talk about race issues, things along those lines. And also just to say like, we are not professionals in race issues. Just for you all where it's 
Stacey, a queen black woman, and then three white people <laughs> discussing this. So like, I don't want like, you know, that's just where we're coming from with this. But Stacey, if you want to jump in. Yeah, I, I mean, this, so episode 10 was probably the most interesting to me. I think this alone may hopefully brought up discussion. I don't remember if it, when this came out, if there was a lot of discussion, but it's really, it's more than episode 10. Again, there were two, I think, two people of color in this whole game to begin with. One was Francesca. She left very, very early. Then we have Philip and Philip is very eccentric. <laughs> so he, I mean, he stands out not just for being black, but also for being very, I mean, I know Aggie doesn't like to compare him to coach, but he, he's, 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 coach. he's, he's a little coach. different. He is coach. <laughs> like he is most similar to coach out of anyone else, I guess. So I think, you know, he was, I'm again, I can't speak for him, but it seems like this was a buildup of things where he was already, you know, always laughed at. He's like the butt of every joke, even in his alliance with Rob, he's like having to make a fool of himself at tribal council. And so to me, it just seems like a, it would maybe if he had other people he could somewhat relate to, I, I think him bringing up that he was a special agent or whatever is because he was constantly trying to show like, I'm not stupid. Like, I know I'm the only black person here, but like, I am qualified. I mean, sometimes I do that. I know there's an episode where I said, look, I have a Vanty degree and a Wake Forest degree. And sometimes black people have to do that <laughs> to be like, look, I am legitimate, which is unfortunate. So I still think, I mean, I, I'm not like a huge uh, Philip fan. I mean, I think he, he cut people off a lot. He was pretty rude at times. Like he wasn't great. But when this rice war is happening and he speaks his mind and Steve calls him crazy, well, A, you shouldn't call anyone crazy. I mean, again, I'm a counselor. I try not to use that word. We like, it has a stigma for anyone. I think it has a negative stigma. But if you're a black person, we've all heard of a crazy black woman or angry black, black woman. We've heard of crazy black man. I mean, the, like, you really should not use that with someone or outside of your race, I guess I would say. I mean, if Steve said it to Rob, I guess that's whatever. But you should really not say it to someone that you don't identify with, I would say. So I can see how it triggered Philip, who again, remember, he's already like, <laughs> can't relate to anyone there. It triggered him. And I, to me, it didn't bring up the N-word specifically. But I mean, he explained that there's like some song that that relates to. So either way, it triggered him. And for Steve to kind of just drill into it even more and just be like, no, you're a lunatic. Okay, so he went from crazy to a lunatic. Like, this isn't helping. And if someone does say it's related to race, especially if you're a white person, just kind of be like, oh, I did. I really didn't realize there was like the song connection. But I'm gonna stop. <laughs> like you can just stop. You don't have to. And of course, he has all his white people there, so he can kind of get validation from them. Of I'm not. Nothing I said was about race. Like then he can gaslight him. Like it's just. It was a lot. It was not really fun to watch. And I just was like, okay, Philip, you are ve like very strange. But I do relate to you on this, and I do think like they took it too far. I probably have more to say. My thoughts are kind of jumbled, but I think that was the main thing. And, oh, and Rob, like just kind of not being a part of it, like him and Grant are to the side, just like, oh, he brought up the race card. Well, first of all, Grant, like 
if, if a black person says something about race, it's not their race card. That is how they are experiencing it. But also Rob is over here just like, whatever, this is good, like drama on him, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think there's a difference between the game and someone being upset about a comment that relates to their race. So Rob was not on my list, was not on my good list in that moment. Then we go to tribal council and it comes up again. And remember, it comes up because Steve is like, yeah, and then he pulled the race card. Like, he's so offended. And this is what white fragility is. Like, he's so offended that now his, you know, his name is in the mud or whatever you want to call it. And then um, Jeff is kind of like, well, clear this up for me. How does this relate to race? And at first I was upset because I was like, oh, Jeff is just like not going to let him talk. And he's just going to kind of be like, you're making a big jump. But I will say Jeff did like, once he heard Philip's uh, explanation, he was like, okay, this is something as white people, we probably don't get. But now I see where you're coming from. Like he tried to kind of, you know, resolve the situation. I'm almost done. Last thing is that after they went back to camp, Steve again, like he goes to apologize, but in his uh, confessional, he's like, well, I thought Philip would have apologized to me for his outburst or whatever he said, but he's just not like, he doesn't have class. I'm not quoting him for me word for word, but he was like, so I decided to do it. No, he doesn't need to apologize. He's told you multiple times why it triggered him so much. So yeah, you should apologize and that's it. I mean, I'll leave it at that. So the whole, the whole thing, I was just like, I was like, this is intense. This is why maybe you should have more Black people, Black producers, Black psychologists on your show. And it, w- it wouldn't have gone like this. But of course, they show it. And they show it as Philip is just very angry and like blowing things out of proportion. So, you know, that's my, those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, I don't want to add too much to the conversation because again, it's not my place. But I will say like, it is very interesting that Philip is very similar to Coach in a lot of ways. He has huge outlandish stories. He wears a feather to tribal council. Like he is Coach 2.0, but we get the edit of Coach being fun loving and everybody loves Coach. And we get the edit of Philip being this crazy lunatic guy. I mean, like, I, I will say, like, to be completely honest, like, watching this season, I was like, Philip's insane. This is t- hard to watch. But, like, listening to, like, what Stacey's saying and, like, taking that in. And then you, like, go back and you think, like, well, what if the editors edited him differently and edited him so we got the fun coach edit that we got? Would mm-hmm. we still feel this way? Or did the editors and producers want us to feel a way about Philip? And so that's just something for us to think about. Yeah. I mean, I think Philip did have a very like unique personality that of course they wanted to show, but I just think, I don't think the show, even though they had a whole season about, you know, divided by race, I still don't think they know how to talk about race. I don't think many of us do (laughs) even in 2020. I think the thing that really hit me was Steve apologized, but also said, I just think you're crazy. And I was like, that's not an apology. Just FYI for future reference. It's not an apology and you took no ownership of anything you could have possibly done wrong in that scenario, but I guess you feel better. So maybe that was what you were after. And that's a little upsetting, but. Also, what's her name? Can't remember the names. The like firefighter woman. Julie. Julie. She hid his stuff like after that terrible argument day, like they were picking on him. I mean, why would you hide his underwear? Like after he's already had this huge blow up where he's like very isolated so that's all <laughs> it didn't make me very well of julie in that moment yeah 
I don't want to continue to compare him to coach because he's, he's his own person. But I think the biggest difference that we see like in the way that they're edited is like coach is very one dimensional. He's like an outlandish, like silly character. That's the role he's given. Whereas with Philip, he has so many more layers to him, like not only as a human person, but within the show and like within the storylines that we get for him, like mm-hmm. they, they try to put all of these different identities on him. And then to have this episode 10 where like, things do become a conversation about race it's like well you took the one black man that you cast in your season and you tried to make him everything at once and now you're gonna like play up this storyline where he's a crazy person or he's outlandish or he's too much but like you threw every single possible label at him in edit Mm -hmm. and then he was still the only black man like you you have to do better in not only in what you're showing in your storylines but in casting like maybe if they didn't try to throw every single identity at him he wouldn't have had to like be so absolutely at the top of every personality type that they were trying to assign him yeah well with that philip does make it to the final three and in the final three we had philip who pretty much rob designed this final three from like episode six he was like these are the three people i'm going to bring with me here's why so Rob, of course, is there. He is the only logical person to be winning based on these three. And the reasons why he brought Philip was because he was annoying and everybody at camp hated him and didn't want him to win. And then you had Natalie, who was pretty much worthless the entire game, didn't make any decisions for herself. The true definition of riding coattails to the finale, like truly, truly the definition of it. So looking at that final three, there was only one person to win the million dollars, which was, of course, Boston Rob. He designed it perfectly and it worked out perfectly, winning him nine votes. No, eight out of the nine votes um, from the jury. One of those votes went to Philip from Ralph, who would have saw that coming, but it happened. So with our final three, um, what, do, what, do we, what are our feelings, what are our thoughts and ideas about these final three? Anna? Um... It sucks, but like, there's just not much to say about the three of them as a final three. Like, I think in those, like, one-line summaries that you just gave of them individually, you pretty much said it all. Like, I know we just talked about Philip a bit. Natalie, there's really not much to say beyond, like, she just 100% rode coattails, which I, I don't fault her for because she was, what, 19? Like, go home. Go to your parents. <laughs> like, you don't, don't come out here. So, like, I don't fault her for the fact that she did ride coattails, but I'm certainly not going to respect it. Like, you did what you did. I don't know what your other options were. And then, like, Boston Rob, of course he made it to the final three, and of course he wins. Like, the three of them as a final three, I don't think you can say much beyond, like, yeah, Rob dragged them to the end. That was his plan, and he executed it well. I think we need to know who Natalie, like... I was like, who's Natalie? She's Natalie, Ashley, Andrea, and there was some other fourth one that you could toss them up in the air and like catch one of them. I wouldn't know which one it was. For me, I thought like the final three was just, I think you could have, like Rob had just played so well that like there was maybe never going to be a choice other than Rob. But I think if you look at comparing it to Russell with Nat, oh my God, was her name also yeah, Natalie? Natalie. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, But if you look at Samoa where Russell brings Natalie, Natalie had won some immunities. She had like tried to do some other things. Like she had sort of helped Russell make decisions. Natalie was never involved in the decision-making process. It was always Grant. Natalie was like rarely involved except to just tell her who to vote for. 
she didn't like talk strategy with Rob. The one time she did was when she was like, Ashley keeps thinking it's the two of us. And it was more like fatherly advice rather than like, hey, like this is us like coming together the way Amber would. And like, hey, I'm gonna bring you information and we're gonna decide together what to do. She would come to Rob with information and then she'd be like, just tell me what to do later. And he'd be like, perfect. And then on top of that, Philip gave beautiful speeches as to why Rob should win with every question he answered. Natalie straight up was like, I didn't do much. Rob told me what to do. Rob spoke so little at that final tribal. He spoke never. Like he was just like, okay. And like anyone who had beef, even if they had it with Rob, he was just like, okay, valid. And then he was like, but also like I had to do it to get here. And then David sealed the deal. He was like, vote for Rob. You can be mad at him, but vote for him because these two other people sitting next to him don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything to get here other than be Rob's pawns and they themselves <laughs> said it. So here we are. And that was like the end of Final Tribal. Yeah, did anybody else have any thoughts on Final Tribal? It was Ralph, can you explain to me why you voted for Philip? Yeah, it's true that <laughs> Philip gave Ralph a compliment. That's yeah, what. for me, telling him he was hardworking. But Rob didn't, wasn't asked a question, wasn't given the opportunity to give Ralph a compliment. Ralph, if you were looking for compliments, you should have asked, buddy. Um, I mean, I think they did, like, the jury did seem pretty upset. Like, Andrea was so upset about things, and Ashley, like, they seemed very angry. And I was like, you all kind of did this to yourself. I mean, you should have been there instead of Rob. Any of you could have. And Andrea recognized that. And tried to get the girls to do something, and then they didn't. Yeah, they sh- he, they should have voted him out like week one or two, like Russell. That was their yeah. mistake. I mean, at the reunion, they said the reason they didn't vote him out at final five and voted out Andrews because they knew he had an idol. Yeah. I just like don't. But I don't that. believe they knew he had an idol. Why wouldn't they show us that unless Rob did it like in the deep dark jungle? Like, yeah. but also if you knew he had an idol, like at what point in that? timeline are you telling rob that you're voting for him like aren't you going behind his back to blindside him like why why yeah. would you and then he happened to play it he happened to play it because of comments they said at tribal like mm-hmm. he wasn't gonna play it he's like i have full faith in them and then and then he was like mm, you kind of said something like a little bit shady um i'm gonna just play my idol and then they still voted with him it was just i don't even know like even final tribal wasn't super interesting to watch because like what <laughs> I guess it was interesting the fact that Philip just yelled at everybody on the jury whenever they tried to talk to him. Like, straight up. I think it was like Julie, and Julie was like, I'm going to talk. You're going to listen. I'm not asking you a question. No, it was Ashley. Ashley. And Philip was just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm talking right now. Listen to me. I'm speaking. And it's like, bro. When someone says, like, we didn't really get to know you, like, tell us about you. And you just say, like, my name's Philip. Or, like, you should know. I mean, you're not going to get the votes. Like, even though I think Philip was wronged in a lot of ways, if you want the million dollars, you have to just (laughs) abide by the rules. Yeah, you got to suck up a little bit. So. Uh. With that, this brings us into our final two parts of the podcast. One is our honorable mention. I chose honorable mention this week and it's Grant. And simply I chose Grant because he's the only person who actually helped Rob with decisions. 
Um, Rob even says this in a cutaway. He's like, it's me and Grant making these decisions, running this camp. Everyone else is just here. But that's it. I don't have anything else. I don't have any other reasons why Grant should have <laughs> been the honorable mention. He was really hot at the reunion. He looked fucking gorgeous. I'm My surprised you didn't pick David. I thought you, I thought he would have been your pick. If he would have made it farther, maybe. But also like, he didn't make any big moves either. He did game recognize game when they voted out Matt. He's like, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's just like nobody this season deserved a dishonorable mention to the entire cast of season 22 Redemption Island, except for Rob Moriano, because everyone else were just pawns in his game to win. There you go. There's my answer. There it is. Wrap it up. Let's go home. Wrap it up. Let's do some rapid fires, motherfuckers. Sorry. <laughs> We could cut that out. Do we need to put like an explicit label on this podcast? I wonder if maybe. He asks me every time I upload and I'm like, we swear, but like not a lot. I'll start again. (laughs) All right, let's get back. We probably should put it on there, Anna, just as like a disclaimer in case you did listen. I don't want to get reported. Yeah, exactly. Let's get right into rapid fire then. So we only have three rapid fire questions because spoiler alert, these are not going to be rapid fire because we're all talkers in case you haven't noticed. Love you, Aggie. But this season didn't give us any like quick, cute, little fun questions. No, it actually gave us like interesting things. to. T- I don't know. My first rapid fire is, would you play by Boston Rob's rules at camp, Aggie? Meaning like the buddy system? Yeah, like meaning like buddy system, not talking to them, um, eating at separate times, not eating the fish. Would you listen to him? I think if I'd let him get to that point, probably. I think with Boston Rob, you it is a little dangerous, right? That like, he's just a dangerous player. Like he can convince you that what he's saying is right. And I feel like I would probably follow him for the beginning. And then you'd be, I agree with the girls saying like, you kind of would be afraid to do something mm-hmm. because- you'd be like, well, shit, like I'm next on the chopping block. So maybe I would play by Rob's rules, but like I would try and be his grant in an attempt to like have some control over what's going on rather than just like blindly following him. (laughs) In an attempt to not be completely useless. Yeah, like, I don't know. That would probably be my strategy. Stacey, what about you? Um, I probably would because it's like the first person to not do it gets sent home. So you don't like, you kind of have to. So I think I would. Anna? I only would if I had no other way out. Like, I think I would have attempted to maybe try to come up with something to turn the tides. But as soon as that was like clearly not going to happen, I would rush right back into the rules and like cover my own ass. But I think I'd give it a shot first. You'd have to be very strategic about how you asked that, right? Like under Rob, you couldn't just be like, yo, should we get Rob out? Because you (laughs) know some bitches are going to start. You have to like casually bring up like, wow, I'm feeling like really isolated at camp or something. And then have other people be like, yeah, like what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't be able to just be like, I think Rob's the problem. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, yo, Aggie wants you out, Rob. And he'd be like, cool, Aggie's next. <laughs> Perfect. Or you'd have to be like, this is insane that like we can't share rice or shelter with the other tribe. Yeah, like, <laughs> isn't that weird? That seems crazy. They were benefiting except for the rice situation. So Omatepe like maybe didn't have a reason to think even think that. Yeah, I mean, I, I as much as I would like to say I don't agree or that I wouldn't do it, I just know I probably would. Like, he made an example of Matt. He was like, look, he talked to people and now he's gone. Usually the same, you have know, the same fate. He truly was the godfather. It was like, I'm making an example. Uh, all right, next rapid fire. 
So we saw that the Zapatera tribe threw a challenge just so they could get rid of Russell Hance. They deemed him too toxic and he was too manipulative to stick around any longer. And truly, the, you could probably tie this as the downfall of the Zapatera tribe. You could 100% deem this as the downfall of them. So would you ever throw a challenge to cut out a toxic tribe member? And like in that sense, like the toxic tribe member is just as toxic as Russell Hance, just as manipulative, just as terrible as him. Anna? I'm going to say no, because based on Survivor, like the the game's always changing. So odds are like either something's going to change up your tribe. Eventually you'll just lose a challenge anyway. Like the odds of keeping someone on your tribe so long without anything happening like and you never losing and having to throw a challenge like it's I think it's slim so like I wouldn't throw a challenge just for that because like to me something eventually is going to happen anyway and also if you have enough people on your tribe who are willing to say yes we'll throw a challenge to get rid of this person like stick it out because as soon as you lose a challenge like you obviously have enough people who hate this person who are going to vote them out anyway so like tough it out you're on a deserted island anyway like get over yourself what's a few more days right of torturous company uh stacy yeah I, I pretty much agree with anna like i i don't i wouldn't throw it because you just never know what the consequences will be sometimes like if you throw it and what if they change their mind and they're like actually let's just vote stacy out i mean i always i would always want to win it's the only way you're positive you will stay another night So I wouldn't try to lose on purpose. Aggie? I would only throw a challenge to get rid of Russell Hans. (laughs) (laughs) Not someone like Russell Hans, because I don't think there ever will be anyone as bad or as annoying, but I would throw a challenge to get rid of Russell Hans. 100%. No questions. No questions asked. I don't know. I guess I would throw the first challenge. I'd be like, I'd literally, I'd find a time when he's off looking for an idol and I'd be like, we have to get rid of him right now. We're throwing the challenge and we're getting rid of him tonight. And then we can focus on winning the rest of them. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't Just because Russell Hans is too dangerous. Anyone else, I don't think I would do it. I agree with you, Stacey. I would want to keep it like mm-hmm. safe and like not potentially have this option of like scary. Like, well, what if they vote me out when we go to tribal? Like all this other nonsense. But I just, I wouldn't want to play with Russell Hans. I absolutely would not want to play with Russell Hans. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's like this idea of you win some, you lose some. Like it's, there's so many pros and cons to throwing a challenge and cutting out those toxic members. And Russell Hans is very toxic and very manipulative. You let him gain some ground in your tribe. You have lost control before you even knew it. So I, I, I see both sides. I agree with Stacy, but I also agree with Aggie of like, it's Russell Hans, you need to get rid of him. But mm-hmm. Um, and then my last one is this was Boston Rob's fourth time coming to Survivor and he finally won. Took him four times to get there and he finally won. This was also like, I just want to note that this was only his second time in the top two and he's never been on the jury as well. He's either in the top two or out before the merge. He's the first person out before the jury starts. Yeah. This season. So it's like, is it impressive that Boston Rob won this season? That it took him four times to get there and it took him this long to get there. My, I'm casting my vote. I'll jump in first. I'm casting my vote and I'm going to say no. I don't think it's very impressive. And especially because this season was so easy for him to win. He didn't have to try hard at all. 
people called his wife the not real winner of All-Stars because she didn't really have to do much. And I guess it's fitting that he also didn't have to do much to get his title. So that's my tea. That's my take on it. And sorry, I feel like people are going to be mad at me because Boston Rob's such a survivor legend. And I want to be clear. I love Boston Rob, but it's like almost like emotional blue balls in the sense of he's such a survivor. Great. He's such a survivor staple. You want his winning season to be a huge triumphant. He got there. He did it. And instead it's like he had to kick over a little kid and then he won. Like, you know, like, it's like, you didn't have to try to get there. I compared it a lot to, I don't know if anyone's a Broadway fan out there, but Stephanie J. Block just won a Tony Award for Best Actress in The Share Show when she should have won it for when she was in Falsettos. And it's like, I mean, I guess you won, but you won for a really bad show that like, you know, yay. And that's how I feel with Rob. That's how I feel with him in this season. Aggie? Um, I have some problems with some things that were just said. Um, here's my take on it. I, my thing that you said, Nick, that I take a little bit of like disagreement with is I do think he had to work hard to get there. At the beginning, he had to like kind of lay low, not immediately go looking for the idol. He had to like prove himself worthy at camp, make a shelter to sort of be like, hey, like I'm here with you guys. I want to be helpful. I think he says in multiple episodes, he's like, well, now I have to go do the word dirty work because no one else is trying. Now that is sort of like a similar, like, okay, but no one else is trying. But I think at the same time, like votes could have gone poorly had Rob not constantly been like checking in with people, making sure they knew what was going on, making sure what was like, he was doing a lot on the back end to ensure that his plan went through. And because he did that, no one ever had the chance to be like, oh, maybe we should do something else. Like he was like, let's not decide on who we're voting till on until like 15 minutes before we're in the final tribal room. Like, I think he did do a lot in order to earn his win. Is it a little frustrating that he played with amateurs? <laughs> and so it's like, I kind of wish you'd won heroes versus villains. And if Tyson hadn't been so like set on getting rid of Parv, you might have. Yeah, it's like a little disappointing. I wish he'd won heroes versus villains because there was like, there was a setup there for him to potentially do that. I also, I think... If, if I remember correctly, in All-Stars, I wasn't annoyed that Amber won. No, neither was I. I was just saying, like, that's what the people thought. That's, like, what fans say and thought about it. And mm-hmm. so that was just, like, it was just a comparison. And I think it's an interesting comparison. I'm not, I, again, I'm just saying, like, I was contrary in All-Stars also. I didn't agree that Amber should have this narrative written for her by fans that, like, she didn't deserve the win or, like, her thing is marred because rob should have won that season or whatever it was like for me i'm like you know what good bad or ugly you won the million dollars so like i can't really fault you and in this particular instance i actually think he did have to work pretty hard to win the million dollars was it a different type of working hard yes it's kind of like when a chess rookie plays a chess master it's like what what are we even doing here like this isn't you're not playing the same game like you're thinking eight steps ahead and i'm thinking about what piece I'm going to move right now and so I think in that regards it was like easier for him but only because he also was such a threat that he never made the jury in the other seasons like people saw what was going on and they're like shit we got to get rid of Rob so I don't know I didn't think it was as anticlimactic as that but I wish he'd won a better season sure but I think a win's a win take him where you can get him and I think he did have to work hard to get there Anna so I think it's impressive that he won Survivor. 
he still had to put a lot of work in. Some might say maybe more work than another season because he had to be so on top of the web that he had created. I know I keep saying like he was playing with normies. So like <laughs> he had it in the bag, but like he still had to do a lot of work, especially to keep them all like under his thumb. However, when you've played four times or you've played three times, this is your fourth time and you come into it with a group of people minus Russell who have never played. It's just, it's not the same journey to the end. Um, and I know we talked earlier about like how season 11 Guatemala was the last time that we had people returning players playing in a season that wasn't like themed for returners. And I think like the biggest difference there is when you had Stephanie and Bobby John coming back on season 11, they had a just finished their previous season. They had made it all the way to the end of their tribe. Like Bobby John was never voted out. Like Stephanie was like, she had the majority of the other tribe against her post-merge. Like it was (laughs) funnily enough, ironically, it was more of a redemption story to have people like that come back into a season like that than this, where it's like, you've played three times and made it to the end. Here you go. We're dropping you in. Are you going to do it again? Are you going to be smart enough? Like, obviously the answer is yes. He's smart enough. He's capable enough. The question was, are the people he's playing with going to be smart enough to best him? And the answer was no. So like, it's still impressive that he wins and that he's able to accomplish what he accomplishes. But I think the only thing that was possibly standing in his way was whether or not the newbies, the normies were going to be able to keep up with him. And the answer was just universally no. So it's, it's impressive. And I give him credit for winning, but like, I just, I agree with you, Nick. Like, I wish we would have seen it in a more triumphant way. Yeah, there is, I will say like, and this could just be rumors and conspiracy theories, but there are rumors that like production purposefully filled this season with underqualified castaways so that like Russell or Ra would have a stronger chance of winning. Well, I think especially if you're like, okay, we're dropping the two of them, these two returning players into a group of people who've never played before. How freaking embarrassing would it have been if one of them didn't win, yeah, <laughs> you got to pad the cast with like definite duds. Yeah. Just like ensure that you're paving the way for Rob. I'm, I'm curious if that's what's going to happen. Cause I, as I mentioned at the beginning, South Pacific also has two returning members playing with all brand new people. So I'm like, are we going to get a winner from those two returners or are they going to get boasted? boasted? I think I'll, I'll stop after this, but I think it depends on who the returners are. Like you'll never have someone yeah. who is as big of a returner as Boston Rob Very or someone who you know the Survivor creative team wants to be a winner. As That's a the other thing too. Rob. You have the entire production team and the hosts of the show gunning for you to win. Like they would have done anything to let you win. I, I even feel like they created Redemption Island in case Boston Rob was voted out that he would be able to go back in the game. Like, I just feel like the production was like, Boston Rob's going to win and we will do whatever we have to do to get him there. <laughs> Stacy, jump in. We've made you wait long enough, my queen of queens. Um, I think, I mean, I can't remember. Was it Tom Westman or someone who said, if you win it, if you win Survivor, that is impressive. Yeah. Like, it is, it is hard to win. You're still facing all the elements and all of that stuff. But four times is a lot. I mean, some people do it on one one opportunity, some people on two. Four is a lot. And I also think if he was on the other tribe to start, he wouldn't have made it that far. I mean, I feel like he got pretty lucky and then also did a lot of hard work. So it's impressive, 
but it's not the most impressive of the winners. I'll just say that. And it's kind of surprising because, yeah, like Rob is known as just like, he's, yeah, he's kind of known as the guy in Survivor. But now watching his four seasons, I'm like, I mean, all stars, he did pretty well. His first one, I don't think he did that well. And he was the first person out before the merge. Yeah, but I'm saying like, I don't think he played that well. Like I, I, if I, like, if I were watching that and I didn't know about Rob, I'd never think of him again (laughs) based on his first Mm -hmm. season. So it's just interesting because I'm like, where did he get this huge reputation besides like just his personality? But is it really how he's played in all of these? I think like, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. Like whenever he had to play against actual comparable, like all their players, he just doesn't seem to do that well, except for All Stars. But like Marquesas, he was one of the first out. Heroes versus Villains, he was He's... pretty early out. Yeah, I mean, like you, uh, to me, early out is before the merge. To me, I don't think you're an amazing player unless you make it to the merge. Just to be completely honest, I think that's the true test. Usually memorable. Like I don't know that memorable. Yeah. Can I make an argument for how he was memorable in Marquesas? Because I think about his Marquesas season regularly. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I, I do love him but like honestly I think in Marquesas he was the one again he didn't get to see this out but he's the one who alerted Nalia and Pascal to like the the tribe that started with a T I don't remember their name but he was like yo you realize right like they're in charge and they're gonna take it to the end unless you do something about it he tried to have someone do it I think his psychology degree is why he's considered or like his I, you said he right, majored in psychology. I think that's why he's considered a good social player. He reads people very well. Everything he said to the camera about people was always right. He very much knew what was going on in the tribe, even though he didn't get to make it to the end every single time. He knew what people were thinking before they knew what they were thinking. And I think that's where he gets this like reputation. He's also super likable. Yeah. And America loved him. So I think in that regards, like that was just a reason for him to be brought back. And then he did well on All Stars. But I think in that regards, like, he's very, very smart and very, like, for someone who doesn't do anything related to psychology in their daily life, yeah, he's I'm... very good at reading people and very good at understanding people's intentions and motives. And I thought that was very clear in Redemption Island. See, I guess because people compare, like, when I think of like the two, like, not, I mean, since they only have men and women on the show. So to th- when I think of like the woman of Survivor and the man, we have the Queen Sandra who played, tw- from what we've seen, she's played twice and won twice. And it's like, she, like, she kind of killed it bo- both times. And then Rob, it's like, you know, like we could see his skill, but it took him like four times is a lot. So I guess that's where I'm just like, they're not, he's good, but he's not Sandra level. Uh, I mean, like, like I said, I love Boston Rob and I'm happy that we finally can call him a winner because I, I do love Boston Rob, but I, I will say I was disappointed by his performance, not by his performance this season, just like, I don't know, I wasn't as, the circumstances of this season. It just felt too tailor-made that if he didn't win, it was, imp- it was like, it was impossible for him not to win. That's just like what it felt like. But with all of that, just a reminder, I love Boston Rob. Do not come for me, Moriano family. I am obsessed with you. But with that, we have reached the end of season 22, Redemption Island. Join us the next time we post, which will be season 23, South Pacific, where we get two more returning cast members. I wonder who they'll be. Bye. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like and we'll try and work on it. If you want to follow us on our social medias, we have Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod and on Twitter, ESC Reality Pod. We'd love to hear what you have to say about Survivor. Did you like what we had to say? Did you not like what we had to say? Let us know. And of course, if you are a past contestant of Survivor, come at us, slide into our DMs, let us know that you want to be on the podcast. We would love to have you. We are putting out new episodes every single week, so make sure to come back for more. And as always, thank you for escaping reality with us. Oh, 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 oh,